Good day to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Film Focus episode 104, the review for Tenet. Film Focus. I'm your host, Ivers on the 55, and I'm glad you decided to join me once again for some film-related discussion. And today we're talking about Tenet, but do you know what that means? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm back in the cinema. I have been waiting for this moment for so long. Now, I could have waited a little while longer to, you know, go back to the cinema, but considering some of the newer releases that they've had towards the last side of August, I felt compelled to go back in there. There seems to be safety precautions in my local cine world, so I was just like, you know what, let me just take the chance. I've been looking forward to Tenet for a while. It was in my top 10 films that I was really hyped to see this year. And it was one of the few 2020 related films that held on to its release date, whereas a lot of the other ones have been pushed back indefinitely or pushed back to 2021. Well, some say that they're still going to show up in the latter half of 2020, but we'll see, we'll see. But anyway, it's been just shy of six months since I was in the cinema last time, and it felt nice to be back, man. Walking back in there, uh, you know, finding my seats, I was like, yo, this feels right. And um, this might be the start of me watching a lot of 2020 releases again, because in between the time that the cinemas were closed or like started to reopen but were you know re-showing older films and stuff like that i haven't really watched too many other 2020 related films i know there's been a lot that's been released on streaming services or have been released on video on demand but i just haven't felt the need to watch them the same way that i would if they were you know if films are still coming out of the cinema as well there's a good few notable titles or smaller titles that have come out but i just haven't got around to watching them yet just because i've been pouring my time into other things like Rewatching old films, rewatching old TV shows, or watching newer ones, or playing a lot of my video games where I got lost in the world of Animal Crossing for at least a good month and a half, playing Xenoblade Chronicles, replaying Spider-Man on PS4 because that game brings me mucho mucho joy, and also got to finally play uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which was pretty good despite some of the glitches driving me mad. But anyway, I'm here to talk about Tenet. And like Inception, when that first trailer came out, it was very short. It was a teaser trailer. You didn't know much of what was going on, but there was some interesting imagery and some cool actors. And I was like, okay, I'm in. I don't need to see any more. I saw the full trailer and that was it afterwards. So I was like, yeah, okay, Nolan, I like most of your films, save for Interstellar, which was good up until a point, and Dunkirk, which was visually interesting, but just not a film that I connected with. Most of his other films I quite like. And obviously there were the comparisons to Inception from the time that the trailers came out. But I was like, you know what, as much as I like Inception, I can see the, you know, parallels between the two of them. I kind of just want to see this film for what it is and see what's going on. So obviously I saw it earlier on today and I have thoughts. So obviously, as we do on Film Focus, we'll talk about the story, characters, presentation, and then talk about the other conclusion. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump in. Alright, so the plot for this film can be summed up as the following. The film follows a secret agent known as the protagonist who must manipulate time and dive deep into the world of international espionage to prevent World War 3. And that is essentially the simplest way of me summing up this film without going into area spoilers. I thought for the most part, the best way for me to describe this film would be 
an interesting idea with messy execution. I thought that this film had a lot of really interesting, ambitious and intriguing ideas and watching it play out was fascinating. At first I was more intrigued than anything else and I was pretty much engaged. However, as the film went on, it started to meander a little bit and it lost my interest along the way. However, once certain things became apparent towards the latter side of the film, I was re-engaged again and I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm in. This film has a lot of those staples that if you're a fan of Christopher Nolan's work, you'll see them in this film as well. And it definitely has a lot of similarities to Inception in terms of the tone and some of the technical jargon that's used and seeing certain things that get dropped to the early side of the film that become more apparent as the latter half of the film, you know, starts to show up. And I've always been a fan of films that can plant seeds that become relevant later on. And there's a whole lot of things that happen in this film where you're just like, uh, what? Hmm, huh? But then as the latter half of the film happens, it's like, oh, ah, ah, that's actually pretty cool. And some of that stuff was fantastic. And this is such a rich and interesting world where there's a lot of possibilities for this kind of time manipulation and like, uh time travel elements that you could turn into a pretty decent maybe like 10 episode series you could do a lot with this and part of me wishes that the uh, film had died a little deeper with some of its ideas because there's so many possibilities but that's where some of the issues for me came into play i thought this film was pretty interesting and i could follow it for the most part however as I started watching the film, there were certain moments where I'm just like, these guys are talking all sorts of technical nonsense, and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And it also didn't help that some of these characters talk really quickly, and you're just like, wait, what did you say? Could you please repeat that? But it also didn't help on some occasion that the music was a little too loud, so I couldn't entirely hear certain people, or certain characters had accents, so certain words I couldn't hear, or there was a background noise, like a loud boat, or like some sort of explosion, I'm just like, yo, yo, could you repeat that please and i understand i'm not the smartest person ever sometimes films like these i do require like you know multiple viewings to, in order to understand but at the same time i feel like some of these bits of dialogue and some of the story could have been streamlined and executed in a way where you could still bridge the gap between being technical but still being like you know a lot easier to understand there was one point actually towards maybe the two-thirds of the way of the film where there was people just talking and I was just sat there and I sort of, sort of zoned out for about maybe 20 or 30 seconds I was like what the hell is going on and then I had to like snap myself back in I was like oh crap so yeah there was a chunk of stuff in this movie I must have missed um, but I still understood it I just think it could have been done better and the length of the film was also troublesome I am not one to complain about film's duration hell there's a lot of my favorite films that go on for like you know is it two to three hours and that's great but this one I could feel the time there was a certain point where the film just sort of slowed down for a bit and it's not that it wasn't engaging I was just feeling the time I felt you could have shaved maybe 20 minutes off of this film and you could have gotten the same result but yeah it is what it is um, again I understood but I just wasn't overly keen on its execution Alright, now it's time to talk about the cast, and everybody played their roles pretty well, though some people stood out more so than others. Let's start with John David Washington as the protagonist. I thought he was pretty compelling, pretty fun, and it was just interesting to see how his character went on this journey from the start to the end of the film. 
as you see him at the start of the film he is a little cold and hard to get behind but as the film goes on you start to learn more things about him and by the end you're just like oh, okay i'm feeling you he doesn't emote that much he's not super likable like some of the previous characters in like uh uh, Nolan's films beforehand but I thought his character worked for the story that they were trying to tell and John David Washington I've been a fan of his since I saw him in Black Klansman and this is another side of him that I don't think we've seen he had some interesting interactions with people he got to be calm cool collected a little bit aggressive but also fairly confident I'd like to see him in more like action thriller roles like this because he can definitely do the action material but he can also walk the walk as well and this guy has one hell of a strut just watch him in the film and watch the way he just struts along he has a walk of confidence definitely getting it from his dad and then you have Robert Pattinson as Neil he happens to be the protagonist like sort of helper that shows up during the course of the film during some of these more important moments and I thought Patterson was really good I have only seen a handful of Patterson's performances over the last few years but definitely in more recent years his stuff has started to get really really good and this is another showcase for those who still don't believe he'd be a good Batman you know beyond seeing that cool trailer that was released at DC Fandome that he's really good I liked his character, he was pretty charming and witty, he had some of the good one-liners in the film, had some nice little moments of humour, and he got stuck in, in the action material as well. But yeah, I liked the back and forth between those two, Washington and Patterson had like a great sort of uh, banter and chemistry on screen, so I really enjoyed that. And then there was Elizabeth Debicki as Cat. Now Debicki is one of those actresses that I've seen a few times but didn't really notice her until I saw Guards of the Galaxy Volume 2 and I thought she was good in that but I found her way more compelling in Widows. In that film she really got to stretch her muscles and like you know got to do some cool acting stuff and in this film she was great. I found her a fairly compelling character. She had a interesting backstory and watching her progress through the film was fun. Debecky has some great on-screen chemistry with uh, Washington and seeing how her character just like you know made it through the film was great. I was just really really you know engaged it was good and she also has some good on-screen chemistry with my man Kenneth Branagh who played Andre Sator and I love Branagh even in like you know films that I'm not overly keen on he normally brings this this wonderful energy charisma and he just has a screen presence that I love and this is the kind of character I wish he'd played when he directed the Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit film because he was super good. I loved him in this film. He was cool, calm, yet ferocious and intense. And I love this guy. He is he can play such a nice person, but then at the same time could be super dark at the other end of the spectrum. And I thought Brando was great. I also enjoyed Dimple Cappadia as Priya. She was this interesting arms dealer character and seeing how her character went through the film and had some interesting interaction with some of the other cast members I was down for it I've never seen Capadia in any other films but apparently she's pretty big in like the Bollywood scene and I would like to check out more of her work because I found her to be a interesting and an unassuming yet really cool character Martin Donovan shows up at one point and I it's always good to see that guy in films 
I also liked Michael Caine's appearance. There was also a surprising appearance from Aaron Taylor Johnson as well. And I was just like, yo, where you been hiding at, man? Haven't seen you that much since I think maybe 2015, 16. But yeah, no, it's good to see him in this film. I enjoyed his character in this film. And yeah, the rest of the cast also did pretty well. All right, and now we move on to the presentation, which I think on both fronts, when we talk about it visually and audibly, it was great. Visually, this film was pretty stellar. The time manipulation element of this film led to some of the most unique, fun, and bizarre action sequences I've ever seen when it came to car chases, firefights, all-out war scenes, and hand-to-hand combat certain things are happening in like you know was it normal motion but stuff that's happening in like uh you know in reverse and stuff and like what is going on and the way in which it plays out is just spectacular it's well choreographed nicely edited and the scale that this film handles some of these action sequences is mad especially towards the last side of the film where there's all sorts of things happening left right and center things happening at different times and i'm just like what but it was brilliant. One of the sequences definitely reminded me of 1917, but with more wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. But one of the things that I liked even more so than that was the film score. Straight from the beginning of this film, I knew that I was down with the music because it had my boy Ludwig Göransson. I hope I'm saying his last name correctly. But yeah, I've become a fan of this guy so much over the last few years. Obviously, I noticed his work at first in Creed and Creed 2, but it was mainly in Black Panther where I'm just like, ooh, this man is creating magic. And then in The Mandalorian's first season, boy, one of my favorite sounds I've ever heard. And the reason I love Garanson's work so much is because he has this interesting foot in two different departments when it comes to film scores. He has that sort of more traditional orchestrated sound that we've come to expect from films, but he's also got this foot in the electronic sound more industrial and now you have to forgive me i'm not like you know super well versed in the world of music so i may be using the wrong terms here but the way in which garanson's work happens to ride that line between being orchestrated and classical while also having this electronic sound he's got his own unique sound but you could definitely feel the vibes of someone like hans zimmer junkie xl or lorne balf but yeah his music was great straight from the beginning of the film where you get hit with like the first major action sequence and then from there the sounds can be subtle and smooth but also loud and intense and it just has a beautiful sound that reminded me of some of my favorite aspects of the mandalorian especially from episode six specifically this guy just has a way with beats and just the way in which things can simmer and then explode or just build to a massive crescendo the guy is a magician with music and i love it this might be my favorite new film score I've heard for a while. I I love it. It was a good time. It was a damn good time. That music, A1. So now it comes to the conclusion. In the end, I enjoyed Tenant. I had a lot of fun with it. I enjoyed its clever ideas and the positive aspects of the film definitely outweighed the negatives when it comes to, you know, the story, the time manipulation, the cast, and, you know, the music and action sequences. That being said, I wished I liked it more. The bottled nature of the plot, some of the jargon, and the film's duration kept me from enjoying it more. Now, I would definitely still recommend this film if you're curious, because it's worth watching. And considering how divisive this film has been from like you know fans and critics, 
I think you definitely have to make up your mind on a personal level when you see it. I've spoken to some of my friends that do like the film and some people that weren't so keen on it. So I'm curious to see what this film will be like once more people have seen it because it's only been within like the first few days. But yeah, I enjoyed it, but I didn't love it. And um, I wouldn't say this was down to me having like, you know, expectations of it being another Inception film. I come to every film trying to, you know, put my expectations of whatever other comparisons at the door. I'm mainly just looking at this film from its own merits. And for me, while I probably would enjoy it if I've watched it again and know some of the ins and outs, I don't think I'm going to find myself rushing back to see it more than maybe one or two more times in life. But yeah, that's my thoughts on Tenet. So, ladies and gentlemen, have you seen the film or are you going to see it? Let me know in the comment section below and you can always holler at me on Twitter where I'm at hypersonic 55 or at filmfocus55 or drop me a comment in the comment section below. Remember that we are available on SoundCloud and iTunes and yeah man, hopefully we'll get around to doing some of the other long-term projects. The video game one is in the pipeline, I promise I'm going to get that done. There's just a couple of newer released films that I think may have my attention that I might try to get out within the next week or so, but the video game one is done. I've got pretty much like all the chess pieces in play for that one. So look forward to that one in the near future. It'll probably show up at some point in September. But anyway, got to cut it short now. Thank you for listening as always, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all are beautiful. And until the next time, this is the Hypersonic 55 signing out. Peace. Peace.